Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders across the country. We have an amazing guest hailing from Denver, Colorado, in Miss Moore Zucker. Moore, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Jeff. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely. We just had a lot of fun. Every guest that comes on, of course, we chat a little bit beforehand and Moore has a really interesting past. And I'd like to kind of start with that and then talk about where she is today. But before we get into her past, I just want to brag her up for a minute. She shared with me that she is today, as of this recording, over $70 million in sales volume uh, for a company record. By the end of the year, they're hoping to surpass $100 million. So I know for most of our guests, they're not hitting that mark, but everybody's working towards it. I think you guys are doing an amazing job. And to say in Denver, Colorado, they have the lowest inventory they've ever had in history. The last time I talked with some friends from Denver, I think you guys were under 100 active listings. Yeah, I don't know I where you are right now, but it was nuts. So to be able to hit those numbers with that, and she has a lot of great advice for us. So did I miss anything on the accolades more? And this is uh, No, team. I mean, keep them coming. But... <laughs> yeah, it's been a good year. Awesome. And how many agents did you say you had? So we're total six agents, including myself. We're all actually practicing real estate as every single one of us is actually selling to. And uh, we are about on average, um, about 12 million production per agent. Okay. At this point. Cool. And what's your specialty? What would you say? So my personal specialty is with investments and developments. Um, I uh, focus mostly on multifamily investments. Um, and every one of the agents has their own specialty. So that way they don't kind of overlap each other with their business. Um, everyone has their own niche. Everyone has their own um, speciality that we'll dive into. Um, and that allows every agent that comes to the team to still keep their own personal style of business and we each have our own thing going at the same time. I love it. And it makes you all stronger because if one of you doesn't serve that particular niche, then somebody else can step in and serve it for you. And you mentioned your specialty is multifamily and investing. Are you doing that on your own, like for yourself and or your group? Or are you representing others or both? Both. So mainly I represent others. I mainly focus on investments for investors. Um, but as a byproduct of focusing on investments, you know, I've become a pretty big investor myself. And um, I uh, um, learned a lot from selling others uh, to others, mostly from mistakes, you know, and I found what the investments, the great investments are based on how my clients kind of failed on some of them. And I've uh, kind of grown a nice seven property per personal portfolio at this point. And uh, my goal is always to add one additional investment property to my portfolio per year. Okay, I think that's an awesome goal. I was actually talking with someone recently about the biggest failure of agents in that I believe and that I see in the industry. And the biggest failure is there's no exit strategy. And I feel, and I've said this a lot of times on this podcast and with our coaching organization, Elite Real Estate Systems, residential real estate and multifamily is the best place for agents to invest their money because they can control it. We know the buy price, we know the sell price, we know how much it costs to fix it up. It's an easy way to get into investing in one a year 
that's that's super simple. If an agent's generating eighty thousand a year in, in income, and of course, there's ways to buy without your own money, but with your own money, twenty or twenty five percent down, um, you should definitely be, and we all should definitely be acquiring residential real estate. I also would like to chime in that it's really great for tax purposes. So when you pull out that commission um, as cash, when you just input it in your bank, um, the tax kind of is is much worse than if you just roll it into an investment property and you can write off a lot of those expenses. So um, I see that as instead of taking dividends every year, I put the money towards another investment property and it works out um, for growing equity as well as paying less taxes. I love it. So if you buy an investment property and represent yourself and it's paying out, let's say a $10,000 commission, you don't have to keep the commission and get paid from your broker. You can just roll that $10,000 in as part of the down payment in the acquisition of the property and you don't get taxed on the 10,000. 100% correct, yes. Yep, 100%. The other thing I found when I first got in the business, it was 2006, I got my license. So I'm almost 15 years in now. And I started asking a lot of other top agents in my area, if they could do one thing different, what would they do? And I was looking for advice on how to capture a listing or how to sell a buyer or how to find buyers. I had no money, just out of college, no idea what I was doing. And everyone said, buy real estate. And I was like, why? Like, why is that what everyone tells me? And now, of course, 15 years later, we've all seen the market triple in value in 15 years. It's been unreal. But the thing that was so shocking to me was when you look at pulling money out of investments that have inflated in value or appreciated in value, you don't get taxed on the money you pull out. So if you do a line of credit, a business line and or a home equity line off of your investments, you don't get taxed on the money you pull which is really interesting. So 20 years from now, you pull money out of the stock market, you'll pay tax on your increase. In real estate, you're not paying your taxes on the money that you pull out. And you can, of course, roll that into other investments or use it to go buy a car or a trip or whatever you want to do with it. Yeah, and I have a great story about um, first-time investors, young, a young couple, 20-year-old couple. Um, they um, saved about $40,000 for over a year. And then um, in the last three years, all they've done is pull that money, like you said, from their equity. And they're, they're not four properties. Um, they've uh, Their $40,000 is now in terms of real estate at about $2 million of real estate. And they didn't input more than that forty grand that they started off with. And... Um, Wow. Like playing with the casinos. They, they played with the casino's money. Yep. That's how you do it. Play with the house's money. Yep. Well, everybody knows they should be doing it. A lot of people say they're going to be doing it. You're doing it. Um, and you're living proof that it can be done. Um, and I love seeing people that don't only talk about it, but they be about it. And, and that's what you're doing. So before we get into all the strategies around investing, and then I'm really excited to talk about some of those niches that some of your agents are in. And we also talked about how they all have their own blog pages and use the blogs to get out and you know get exposure for themselves. Let's talk about your past. So we were having an, a conversation about your name, more M-O-R. And it's a unique name. I was curious where it came from. Evidently, it's part of a flower. And it it's is. Israeli. It's Israeli, correct? It's, no. a Jewish, it's in the Bible, in the Torah. Uh, okay. It's a type of flower that was given to King David as one of his gifts. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm okay with flowers. So we had a joke about what chemical components are inside said flower. And then I led me to ask her, her religion and culture, a race, and it is Jewish Judaism from Israel. She lived in Israel. And so I found it very interesting. My last name, Cohen, uh, we dropped the E after World War One to Cohn, but my family happens to come from Jewish heritage as well. And I took the 23 for me, I shared with her um, and found out I'm 30% European Jewish. So, so for those that say it's not a race, go write a letter to 23 and me and tell them it's not a race. It's 100% a race. 
And so we had a lot of really interesting back dialogue, but Moore grew up in Israel um, and left Israel um, when she was 18 years old. So I think that's really a fascinating background. So did you have any real estate business going on or did you ever have exposure to real estate businesses while in Israel? Um, I did, but Israel, I mean, Israel is really expensive. So because the land, it's a very small type of land, high rises, there's not enough space, the density is really high. Um, what you can find in Israel would be about a thousand square foot property for about $2 million is kind of where you start off with. Yep. Um, majority of, of the country is financed um, up to 95%. Um, when I was younger, I mean, that wasn't a reality. But looking now, coming from the States and succeeding in real estate here now with the money I've made here, I'm actually going full circle and I'm going to buy a property in Israel after 20 years. Okay. That's awesome. And you said 95% is finance. So 95% of the real estate in Israel is owned by banks, Correct. By the government yeah. and 5% is actually equity owned. And I, I don't know that the U S is that much different. I don't know, Dana, if that's something you want to pull up while we, while we chat today, but what percentage of real estate in the United States residential is actually owned by the people. I did see something recently that 10% of the real estate in the United States, this is from Aaron Amukastegi's Facebook post. So if it's wrong, everyone blame Aaron. But I think he said that almost 10% of real estate in, Amer in America is, is owned by um, private investors or investment companies. It's privately owned. It's, or sorry, it's, I don't know how you'd say that. It's owned by investors, not privately owned by citizens. And I found that kind of interesting. It's only 10%. I would have expected it to be higher than that. Me too. I'm surprised by that number. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So grew up in Israel, um, served in the Israeli army for a little bit. A little bit. And then Use some connections, got a little earlier out there. Was able to get out of there. So for a lot of Americans don't know this, but in some countries, um, and I think that our country should do the same, they require military service. So uh, my understanding is it's 12 months. You referenced two years in our conversation, but my understanding was it's only 12 months of service. No, it's two years. It's 18 it months is. for women and it's 24 months for men at this that's point. That's really interesting. So that's the same for Mormon mission trips for anyone that is familiar <laughs> with the Mormon faith. Um, the mission trips are two years for men and 18 months for women, but we don't get guns. Um, we get a Bible, Book of Mormon. Hey, that also <laughs> helps. It's safety in one way or another. That's right. So that's really cool. Um, when I lived in Brazil as a Mormon missionary, I was um, companions with, partners with a Israeli um, who had, who lived in Israel. And the, the culture is, is fascinating. Um, it was awesome getting to know him better. So when Moore and I found out her, her past, I, I definitely wanted to jump in and have conversations about that. I think the thing that's fascinating to Americans as well, for those that aren't very well-traveled, is when they think of a country like Israel, they think of uh, the physical ground of the United States. You know, we like in all these other countries, oh, it's like the U.S. It is like probably the size of Iowa, would be my guess. And do you know what state is probably of equal size yes. to Israel? New Jersey is the size of Israel. Are you serious? So way smaller than Iowa. New Jersey. Jersey. That's the whole country. The whole so country to your point of it being landlocked, I mean, you are landlocked and you have countries all over the place that, are, that aren't all in great um, relations as we just saw recently in, in the news. And that's been a constant battle for millions of years. So pretty awesome. Um, you're here now in Denver and you're building a team. So she's at, you're at Remax. What's the brand called in your, in your place? We're Team Denver Homes with Remax Professionals. Team Denver Homes with Remax Professionals. So, of course, if anyone has clients that are moving to Denver, please be sure to reach out to Moore Zucker. She'll take great care of them. All right, so let's get into some marketing stuff. 
Um, you went this niche strategy and I like that you went this route. If you, anyone listens to some past episodes, Chris Waters and I um, had a really good dialogue recently and talked about the future agent. And I have kind of guessed or um, we'll use the biblical term prophesied that in the next five to 10 years, out of all the agents that are in the business today, there will only be about 5% standing. And I think out of those 5% standing, two and a half percent will go work for Zillow and Redfin and some of the big box tech generated companies where the agent is no longer at the center of the transaction. The other two and a half percent are going to work for teams like yours more. And they're going to work in companies like mine. And they're going to be empowered by technology that's provided by the broker, keeping the agent at the center of the transaction. But they're going to be able to continue to collect a commission because they offer this boutique service, a unique niche offering. Like you said, multifamily representative. How many agents in Denver today would feel confident going forward and helping someone go purchase a hundred unit multifamily complex? There's probably not tons to choose from. Not many. Right. So let's talk about some of the other niches. Because I know a lot of people listening can identify with some of these and all of us want to be the jack of all trades, but we know we're doing our clients a disservice if we try to help them in everything. There are some times where we should refer it out to somebody else. So so the niche can also not necessarily be real estate related. You can make your niche based on your personal passions and hobbies. So for example, an agent on my team, her name is Maytal, and she lives in a very family-friendly neighborhood, and she is the real Denver mama, and her niche is just mommies. And it's working really well because she goes to mommy groups, play dates, gymboree, anything you can imagine, and she's the mommy agent. And guess what? She gets all these mommy buyers and mommy sellers. Right. And um, that in itself is a niche right there. It's a, it's a sphere of business. And she's really interesting. It's a, it's a marketing niche. It's not as much of what kind of real estate she represents, which I would assume in that niche, it's move up buyers, right? And people selling their houses, residential, traditional sales. But that's yeah. her jam is the mommy groups. And I'm assuming she has children. So that's he natural. Does. She's going to be part of these groups and say, hey, there needs to be an agent that represents this demographic. Yeah. And she also says to them, you can bring your kids to showings and it just, it's a whole mommy friendly environment. Um, another way that you can, we have like a niche is when we have in terms of real estate, Michelle does only luxury. So she says, I only sell properties over $1 million. If the listing is less than a million, she's going to refer it out to somebody else so that she says, I only sell luxury real estate. And, um, and that's a strong, that's a strong kind of like message. Yeah, that's a line of stand, dude. 800,000, yeah. we'll refer nope. that one up to somebody and else. And she said that. She's like, I'm not going to take anything. I'm, if you're under a million, if your listing is under a million, I'll refer to somebody on my team because that's what I specialize in. And you know, that was a, that was a, a risk, you know? The bread yeah, and butter of the Denver market is not luxury real estate. Right. 650, would you say, is your average? Yeah, 650 is our average. And you know, and even luxury realtors in a lug, very heavy luxury market, the bread and butter is always going to be the mid-sized property priced homes. Yep. And she took the kind of risk. And let me tell you, the risk really paid off because she might not have the bread and butters, but she has a lot more luxury properties under her belt now. When you look at time per hour of what she puts in versus the agent work in the two or 300 range, she's going to put in way less time. So for someone that says, that's so stupid, why would you pass up a $800,000 deal? And I get this all the time because I also will take listings. I haven't sold since 2014, but I'll go on listing presentations and I haven't even put the line in the sand at a um, million dollars. My line's $10,000 an hour. So if I can go on a listing presentation and spend an hour or two kind of taking questions and then handing it off to someone else, and make 10 grand in an hour, to me, that's well worth my investment in time. So it's all, it all comes back to that. But what's neat about her identifying who she is 
is now people will only see her in front of million dollar property. They'll never see her sign in front of a $400,000 project. And so she will become what she wants to become based on the images now that she creates and then the clients that she will eventually represent. And you said it's already taking off and working for. Yeah, because it's also like a psychological warfare because then the clients really want her sign in front with her name on it because then everybody else knows that if her sign is in the front, their property is worth over a million too. Mm, that is really cool. Yeah, I like that. All right, what else do we have? Is there anyone, anyone we haven't Yeah, mentioned? we have one. Every one of them is different. We have Baby the mom, mama. we have the luxury. Okay. We have the fashion bloggers. So Olivia, she is all about fashion and she, she's the Denver look and she connects with local boutiques and um, small businesses around Denver. Um, and she wears their clothes, get this, to wow. open houses and photo shoots and oh, video wow. shoots. And then she mentions the boutique in her kind of marketing. So she's modeling the house and her clothes at the, their clothes at the same time. And she gets business from the boutique shop owners and their referrals. Dude, so, that is really cool. Yeah. So she's, getting she's an influencer. These are all influencers. A lot of the, it, yes. It's how do you become an, so this is so what's so fascinating. So I got licensed uh, 2006. I had to have a Facebook uh, sorry, a uh, college um, email address to get a Facebook account when I got into the business. So I actually used my University of Nebraska Omaha, you know, edu email address to be able to jump on Facebook. What's interesting is the agents of the of the past you know, that are still selling today. Their kids would be in like little league, or they'd be in a dance group, or they'd be in piano or band, and they'd become friends with those parents. And that works really well. You'd have thirty or forty people with whom you influenced. Look at how technology, ladies and gentlemen, is allowing us to get into 1,000 times as many groups, 100,000 times as many groups. And you get to pick the group you, you want to be in. You, you don't, if your kid's not in Little League, that's okay. You could be in the T-Ball Foundation online on Instagram and become the T-Ball fanatic. Whatever it is, you'll have followers. And the thing that's beautiful is all the people that we know live in something. They either rent or own, but they domicile in a structure that has a roof on it. And they all need someone to help facilitate accessing that roof. And so I think all of these ideas, while the old me might have said this is kind of silly, it's 100% reality. And the people want to work with people who they know, like, and trust. So let's talk about how your people have been able to infiltrate these groups on social and get them to know them and like them and trust them. Because someone might be annoyed with the mama agent. Someone might be annoyed with this really beautiful influencer who models all these clothes and you're sitting there going, are they a model or are they a realtor? They're not really respecting the craft. So how do they traverse the haters and show them that while they're having fun at the craft that they're great at, they're also professionals? So that's, that's a great question. So first of all, the most important thing to know is even when they are like doing the fluff, right? The, the dresses, there's always very good, important and real real estate content that comes along with it. So it's never just fluff. It's just the fluff is just, I guess the exterior, the fluff the, for fun, fluff for fun. Um, and yes, content for commission. Fun. I just made that up. Dana, can you give me something for that? Fluff <laughs> for fun content for commission. Woo, I love it. It was good. It's so good. Put that on a wall somewhere. Oh, uh, that's great. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you're always going to find people that are going to say, oh, this is not professional. This is not that. But guess what? The people that buy and sell with my agents are in the niche group that my agent represents. So they're never going to feel as though that's the case because they are 
like interested in fashion and they usually are local boutique owners or care about that. So to them, having that kind of best of both worlds allows them to feel immediately connected to the agent. And honestly, the way you do it the best is you just put tons of hashtags on your Instagram posts. First of all, you have to have nice like content out there. Don't put your standard realtor photo in a suit outside of a house from the 90s and put real Denver really hashtag and hope to have a thousand followers. You know, you have to make it interesting. So find unique things to post about your face in the photos, at least one every three, four photos. So people can recognize that you are your brand too. And um, make sure that it's visually appealing, especially on things like Instagram, Facebook, people really kind of like notice um, people that have nice and appealing posts and go ahead and follow other realtors and you're going to follow lots of other realtors and they're going to start following you. And then you're going to go to all those hashtags and you're going to start following people that follow hashtags and just make sure you're always engaging with the community. And sooner or later, if you do this long enough, you are going to start getting a back and forth. And then after a couple of months, it just grows organically. You want to throw in some money to advertise yourself even further, go ahead and do that. But really, um, my agents do not spend a lot of money on growing um, artificial followers. Um, they just leave it out there and just post good content, use hashtags and follow other influencers and their accounts grow organically pretty quickly. I think Olivia's at 20,000 followers in a couple like a year or two. I was talking with our marketing director for Elite Real Estate Systems recently, and we we're talking about how people say it's so easy. And I think the thing that it, where it is easy is when it's not about the result and it's really just about the relationships. So getting out there and having fun. And to your point, these were all of these individuals' hobbies. These were their passions. This is what they already love. So to get out there and be like, okay, I'm already on social two or three hours a day. Why not start hashtagging? Why not start directing people to my page? Why not pull up really cool content that they're coming across on their day to day and then take nice, good looking images. Even if you don't think you're a good looking person, if you take a good picture, you can get the angle, find the angle, find your at, you know, your niche and people will want to look at your content because it's different. Like you said, so many people are still regurgitating 1995 strategy in a suit in front of a house saying, oh, I helped another person or I sold this in two days. No one cares. Find things that people care about, especially inside of a niche. So when you know it's luxury, what do luxury people care about? They're caring about luxury price point stuff. What do baby mamas care about, right? The mama groups, they would care about mama group stuff. And so you can start figuring out because that is your passion, what people are going to want to see. If you want to see it and you find it interesting, go give other people the credit. Don't always feel like it has to be your ideas. Copy someone else's idea and share it again and people will watch it. And the biggest misconception is that people think that the actual leads themselves come from social. So they'll be like, oh, well, how many leads did you get from this account? Well, it doesn't work that way. It's really a top of mind strategy. And you can't really quantify it by leads. You quantify it by the fact that you went to the store and then your friend said, oh my gosh, I saw your, I saw your post about that Jimboree that opened in my neighborhood. And then they see you there and they see you there and they don't know what. And they just are reminded of you everywhere and they continue using you as the agent because of it too. I love it. I always used to say people had to hear about you from seven different sources before they decided to choose you over everyone else. And so this is just one of the sources. A mailer could be a source. An email could be a source. A billboard if you use them. A magazine article. A news article. 
uh, a phone call, a knock on a door, a sign in a yard. All of these are different ways to verify that you are the expert. So I love that point. But I will remind everyone, track everything. So when you do run into the person at the grocery store and they say, I know you from something. Oh, my gosh, I saw you on your whatever page. Now, when you put them in as a lead, it's not the grocery store. Well, that could be it. The, I would say give it the credit where the credit is due, where they originally had the relationship. So using like my coaching company as an example, Elite Real Estate Systems, we get a lot of people that come out to events. They go, uh, they subscribe to all of our different stuff that we offer. They'll download stuff for free. And we'll say, where did you hear about us? Well, it usually comes back to this podcast. A lot of people will say, well, you know, I'm not sure where it started, but I think it was probably the, the podcast. Well, of course it was the podcast. That's how we're known nationally. We average 120,000 downloads a year. Um, five-star ranking on iTunes. A lot of people find us on there when they search team building for team building content. So on that point, for anyone that hasn't already, please go out to iTunes, give us a five-star review. We're going after a thousand reviews. Um, I think right now we're in the mid 150s or something like that. Give a five-star, give a shout out to more for coming on the show today. Also for more information about upcoming events, we host three in-person events a year in Omaha. We have one coming up in September. More if you're interested, um, I'll pay for your tickets since you were a guest on our show today. September 20th, 21st and 22nd, we are an investment workshop on Monday, the 21st. And then the 22nd is all about team building, culture, leads, accountability systems and strategies. We've hosted thousands of people at our events. We've hosted thousands of people inside of our coaching organization. For more information about upcoming events, coaching, podcasting, all the stuff we do, go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com. All right, more. What else have we not talked about? We've talked about the niche markets. We've talked about you guys' success. We've talked about in, um, your representation of clients that are buying in single family, multifamily, your own successes in single family and multifamily. Is there anything left that you feel like our audience members would enjoy listening to? Um, I think the biggest thing when you are trying new things, don't be afraid to try new things. Like I feel as though I found that the agents on my team that do really well is because they are trying new things. They're not worried about how people are going to, you know, react to it. Don't overthink every photo that you post. Don't worry um, so much about the small things. As long as you put yourself out there, just like Jeff said, mailers, social media, find a niche that people will connect you with and feel as though they are like you. You know, it is also about people that you know, like, and trust, but also somebody that feels like you have something like, that's connected to them. They feel like they have some sort of common ground with you and having a common ground denominator that can allow you to also have conversations with your clients that are relevant to what they're interested in. So find the niche, something that you already like to do. Try kind of playing around with marketing yourself around that for a little bit, um, as well as creating some really nice appealing pieces and, um, and go out there and, uh, and try some cool stuff. Awesome. We talked about some examples um, of people that have these niches in your market in Denver. Would you mind sharing? Do you know what their pages are? If our audience members yeah. want to check out the content, do you mind throwing Please. those out there really quick? Of course. So first of all, our team page is Team Denver Homes. All of the all of our social handles are the same. So that's really easy. And then we have um, our handles of our agents are the Denver Look, the Denver Ear, the Denver, the Real Denver Mama, the Denver Outdoors. You can tell by all of these what the niches That's are. That's really cool. The Denver Eats. So Michael Ann does restaurant reviews. Um, and you can just go to Team Denver Homes and you'll find all of our handles there too. So yeah, you can get some ideas for your business too. All right. Best way to follow you? The uh, Denver Team. Team Denver Homes. Okay. And best way to get in contact with you if someone wants to reach out. 
But if you want to reach out to me directly, mine is more Zucker. It's really easy. Just go on Instagram, follow me, um, shoot me a message, and I will reply as soon as possible. And Zucker is Z-U-C-K-E-R. And Correct. more is more Z-U-C-K-E-R. Yep. Awesome. Well, it was great having you on the show. I'd love to see you out in September. We have a huge group coming, you guys. If you haven't already booked a ticket and you've been the person that's always said, I should go to that sometime. This is the one you want to come to. Our office has been in operation over 12 months. We just had our one year in our hybrid tech-powered office of the future. You will say to me, you've never seen an office like it, not only in real estate, but outside of real estate. It's the hybrid tech-powered office of the future because of the technology we put inside of all of our conference rooms. We have a virtual reality room that does 6D tours, which we will show you at the event. I'm Sitting in our Verly studio, which is 300 square foot, it's about a $100,000 studio solution for podcasting, pictures, videos, green screen, all of the fun stuff. I have a producer that will be at the event. I'm not a sellout. So what I say by that is anyone that comes in that's a VIP or a keynote, they're not allowed to come if they're just going to come and go. And that's what I always see at events I go to. The keynotes, they're 30 minutes. You never get to talk to them. You never get to really get to know them. Um, I will be up earlier and up later than every single person every single day. And we all will be. So my whole staff is here to just completely give you as much content as you need. No one will leave with questions unanswered. Every question someone comes with will get answered. It'll be the best event you've ever been to. So if you haven't already booked a ticket, again, go out to EliteRealEstateSystems.com. Check it out. Just click on events. And then for more information about our coaching products, you can find everything else out there as well. EliteRealEstateSystems.com. More Zucker. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was fun to have our chat. Uh, you have an awesome background. You guys have an awesome team in Denver. You guys give her awesome accolades on social and be sure to send referrals to more Zucker in Denver. If you have anybody moving that way. Thank you so much. I'm so Thank glad you. to be here. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.